would be nice if all the teams went out and played like swaggering dandies as the Hamlet do. An absolute humdinger from about 25 yards. Get it. Hello and welcome to For the Hamlet. My name is Ben Sibley. And for the next few weeks, For the Hamlet is going to take a slightly different direction. Recent events linked to the Black Lives Matter movement have deeply affected us, as is the case for millions of people across the globe. We are lucky enough to have the platform, the audience and the support of the black community around us to be able to contribute to the conversations pushed forward by the Black Lives Matter movement. Dulwich Hamlet striker and youth team coach Danny Mills is going to join us to speak to current and past Hamlet players about their experiences of being black in the UK, specifically in London. We believe that due to London's black and white communities existing alongside each other, but not together, there are parallel lives being lived. This is resulting in a lack of understanding, a lack of awareness and a lack of empathy. This, we feel, is not dissimilar to the environment at Dulwich Hamlet, a predominantly white, middle-class supporter base stand on the other side of the railing to a, to a predominantly black working-class playing squad. Through these conversations, we hope to increase the knowledge of those who are unaware of the discrimination in quality and injustice faced by the black community and to ultimately contribute to the Black Lives Matter momentum. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce what we are calling a prelude to the series. This was a conversation that Hugo, Danny and I recorded recently to kick us off and for us to understand how we were going to go forward with the project uh, and to talk through some ideas that we had and come up with some sort of common ground on which we could base the series. We never really intended to share this publicly, but we actually feel that it's a good intro to the next few weeks of content that we're going to be posting. This is primarily going to be recorded and pushed out as videos on our YouTube channel and on our Instagram TV channel and also on Facebook. Um, but also we plan to release them as podcasts um, such as we are now. So here is the first initial chat that we all had a few days ago and I uh, hope you enjoy listening and do let us know if you have any feedback. This is um, for us to kickstart a conversation and to keep these conversations going. So we do want to hear from you on, on any matters that you hear. So please do enjoy and uh, thanks for listening. It would be nice if all the teams went out and played like swaggering dandies as the Hamlet do. So thanks for agreeing to get involved, Danny. Um, it's much appreciated and we'll, we'll have a chat with you today and we'll record it and then um, I'll share the edit with you guys so you can just see how it works and what works and what doesn't work. I mean, if we just kind of call this a kind of pilot, I guess, just to see yeah. how we'll work it going forward. But um, Hugo and I spoke yesterday um, through a load of ideas that we've got for um, chat. And the more I kind of think about it, um, the more... And I think Hugo agrees. The more that I think that we can't really do this without you, my Danny. Like, I don't want to, don't want to put too much pressure on you, but I kind of feel like if it would just be two middle-class white guys doing this, it's kind of part of the problem. Do you know what I mean? So, 
yeah yeah going forward if if we think this is a thing that's going to work um i think it would be great to have you involved if you'd be if you'd be willing to do it with us um if you've got one if you've got the time and two if you've got you know if you're up for doing it um yeah i'd be more than happy to do that more than happy and i think that's a it's really good from you guys because it's something that i was thinking about myself and thinking not necessarily me but you know i think it's always good to have i think someone that can might like myself with other players and maybe other black players can be sort of more of a sounding board and my experiences to can will probably be the same or very similar to what they've to what they've gone through um so yeah i'll be more than happy to do that i think it will add a a dynamic to to what you're trying to do as well and and uh yeah i think it'll be really good so yeah more than happy to i'm glad that's, that's brilliant thank you yeah that's really great because i think um i just think that it will it will give it a lot more depth and it will give it a lot more um it'll it will just be a more valuable it will just be a more valuable conversation that we have with whoever we speak to i think um and help yeah. us um do what we want to do with this which I also wanted to cover with you. We kind of spoke last night about what the overall aim of this is and to try and give it all some structure. And I know, yeah. Hugo, have you made, I've only just got in from work, so I haven't refreshed myself with anything we spoke about last night, but if you've made some notes or whatever, do you want to just go over what we spoke about? Yeah, I think like one of the ideas that sort of came through is that obviously like Ben and I have like been coming to Dulwich for a little while now. Like we we know the club and we know that it's sort of celebrated as being a club that's like quite like sort of celebrates the diversity of the local area. Um, yeah. And within that, like the whole time that we've been coming, um, the, the team and the management staff has been largely black and that's something that's not necessarily reflected in the fan base. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think like, we talked about how black fans that come are more often than not going to be sort of family and friends of players. Yeah. And there's quite a sort of, what's the right word? There's sort of a contrast in the face that you see on the pitch and the face that you see in the crowd. And Very true, yeah. while I think something to celebrate is the fact that, you know, Dulwich is a very friendly, very open club. I, I would certainly like to feel that anyone who wanted to come to a game would feel very welcome when, when, they, when they come. And I think people would do so. But I think there's never really been like much, much of a dialogue going on. Mm, to sort of yeah. really talk about some of the issues which are now really kind of coming like up to the surface in terms of the recent protests and the recent movement that's kind of been growing here. So maybe I think Ben can probably like tie up a little bit more of the aims that we want to cover. But I think that was sort of the main idea that we came up with when we spoke yeah, nice. yesterday. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds really good. It's something which, um, Danny, I've, I've become across in quite a lot. Of, I've started doing a lot of reading recently as a lot of people have done in terms of um, the history of the black community and primarily in the UK actually. And um, yeah, the experiences of being a black person in the UK and one of the themes that keeps coming up, particularly in London, is um, this idea, and specifically in Brixton, it's come up a few times, is that, you know, that historically there's been a, a big Caribbean community in Brixton. 
and yeah. ever since the, Wind, the Windrush generation, right? It's, it's known worldwide, not just in the UK, but Brixton is known all over the world for being a hub for, for, for the Caribbean, um, yeah. to, to England. And over the years, there's been, um, you know, it's been, a fl- it's been a fluid community in terms of, you know, people have moved in, people have moved out, you know, white people have moved in, black people have moved in. But that, and that continues to happen. But the difference is that now you'll get people move into the area. And I'm, I'm specifically talking about Brixton here. You'll get people yeah. moving into Brixton. And whereas before, let's say a white, um, let's say a white family moves in, right, with a couple of young kids or whatever, mother mm-hmm. and husband, blah, 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 they move in. Whereas previously they would have ingrained themselves in the local community, which had been primarily Caribbean, um, and they would have become a part of the fabric of that community, which has happened for decades and decades. Um, now, uh, particularly over the last maybe 25, 30 years, they no longer integrate with the local community and actually they move in and they kind of live this parallel existence you know, on the other side. So you've got people who've got a lot of expendable income usually white people will move yeah. in, move into the area um but they won't they won't go to the same places as the black community they'll do their grocery shopping somewhere different they'll go for an alcoholic drink somewhere different they'll buy their clothes in a different store than the black community and so they live next to each other but there's no there's no mixing there's no um it's just like there's a barrier down the middle right so they're living these parallel lives and none of it yeah none of it's meshing together anymore and i think from what i've read about brixton and it, it happens in in loads of areas in london now and w- what happens is that it just it just creates and just exacerbates this lack of understanding of being you know the experience of being a black person in london and being a black person in the uk because there's no they're not having conversations with that with the black community anymore they're not they're not experiencing the same experiences that the black community are. And so that, that lack of understanding yeah. leads to a lack of empathy, a lack of awareness of what's going on. And then that leads to what, what we see in London today in totally unequal opportunities for black people, totally unequal treatment of black people by police, by authority. And I think the key, yeah. and I, think, I think the root of it is this lack of integration and this, this parallel living, which which doesn't, it doesn't help any, any kind of um, community development. And I think yeah. that is also the case here, like where we are, like I live in, I live literally next door to the ground. Um, and Hugo just mentioned it, you know, primarily ever since Hugo and I started coming seven, eight years ago, you know, I remember a period where we probably didn't field a white player for like 10 games. And then you also had a totally black management team. And yet, you'd look in the crowd and I'd say 99% of everyone coming out of 3000 people are white. And so that just continues it. Do you know what I mean? They're living on that side of the railing and having their experience, but on the pitch, you've got local lads who've grown up in the black community and there's just no connection at all. And I think it's all linked. And I think that's what we want to try and do with this is, is break down that barrier and get the life experiences of, um, of guys who've grown up in London as young black men and get that yeah. story across to the people who are our audience, which is primarily white and middle class and privileged, basically. Um, yeah. That's a very long-winded way of, of explaining what I think I think this needs to be. But does, does No, definitely, definitely. 
Yeah, it does. Um, I think the biggest thing uh, is education. Yeah. And I think when you talk about that parallel, what you're talking about is, I don't think ignorance is the right word, but I think people just live in their own world, in their own bubble. So they don't necessarily acknowledge the problems that are out there. And that doesn't mean to say they're racist, not at all. It just means that they're, it's not they're necessarily a priority for them or they, don't, they just don't want to get involved. Sometimes it's a, it's a fear of getting involved and maybe not wanting to, to ask the right questions or ask questions full stop. I think, like you said, obviously you look at the, the crowd at Dulwich and they probably don't know the experiences that most of us have, have gone through. And there's a lot of us on the pitch who have probably gone through loads of different experiences. And I can only maybe speak for myself. I can't speak for any other of the players. But, you know, if fans want to ask questions and, and educate themselves about it, they should ask, you know, get to know the players. You know, we're in the bar till half six on home games. There's plenty of time to ask questions. And I think maybe some people feel nervous. Maybe they don't know what quite a reaction they're going to get if they do ask. Um, but I, I'd like to think that the group of players that we had last season are approachable. You know, you, you can, you can talk, you can talk to us and, and I'm sure many of them would be more than happy to, to have conversations. I'm not sure how deep a conversation can be in a bar after a game fueled maybe with alcohol, but people can at least get to know you. And, you know, maybe your perception of me is completely different to the perception that you might have thought I would have been like before you started to get to know me. And I'm not saying it's good or bad, but once you get to speak to someone and, 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 and get to know their personality, it, it might change the views on, on what you might think positively, hopefully. Um, but no, I think it's all about education. In terms of that parallel, it's education and being willing to learn and, and just ask questions. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that... Um... I totally agree that it, I don't think it's an active, it's not an active racism. I think it is just um, maybe a nervousness or an unsureness of how to speak to a, a black person about it. Like I, and, I, and Hugo and I talked about this last night, like in the process of doing this and maybe even today, like Hugo and I will make mistakes. Like when we're talking to people about this, like we might ask the wrong question or we might misunderstand like, an answer that we're given or whatever but that we are willing and we're open to like learning and being educated about all of this and so but I think a lot of people are kind of quite nervous of doing that and I think maybe you know in that situation that you talk about like a player would be perfectly willing a black player would be perfectly willing to speak to a white supporter about these things but I think the white supporter doesn't like just doesn't have a clue of how to even start it. And they're they are, yeah. like, cause it's totally one. It's like just unknown grounds. Like it's not, it's not really the done thing, which is, no, no, no. Bad, but it's true. And also there's kind of like, um, and this is horrendous and it, it's, but it's the way I have always experienced this since I was a child, you know, it's kind of like unspoken. Like you, you can't, yep. You can't yeah. really talk about it like it shouldn't be talked about. Do you know what I mean? So it's and this is the problem that you're talking about now. Yeah. And what what has been happening for years? It's behind closed doors. It is. Oh, no, we don't we don't speak about that. And like I said, that's not racist. Yeah. But that's also not helping. 
Yeah. And that's why you're seeing a lot of quotes and a lot of people coming out saying that silence is as bad as, 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 as racism. <laughs> by not speaking out, you're um, not necessarily part of the problem, but you're not part of the solution either. Yeah. So you might, you, someone like yourself, you're passionate about it. You want change. But if you don't speak out and try and help, then it doesn't matter how you feel because you're not really helping. And I think platforms like this are perfect for those supporters that might be nervous and might be apprehensive and anxious because then they can see, right, well, I didn't know that happened. There's going to be things I speak to you guys about this and you're probably not going to believe that could ha- that would have happened. Yeah. Sure. And, and this is what this is for. Um, because, you know, the, the black players at the club, we're all proud of who we are. We all love being black. We're all proud of, of, being, of being black and, and, our, and our heritage and, and, our, and our backgrounds. And for us, or for me, I'm, I'm going to speak for myself, it's easy to speak about it. This is my life. This is my experience. It's easy for me to speak to you guys about it. It's hard for you to ask me. And what it needs to start being is probably a bit easier to start asking these questions and having conversations about what experiences you've gone, gone through because how can you have change if you don't know? Yeah. Think, how can yeah. you try and help? Uh, why this is particularly relevant to, to Dulwich, and I think why this is a really kind of useful way of, of tackling this, or at least beginning to tackle it, is because, you know, we can sort of look at it and go like, oh, you know, we've got, we've got a black manager. We've got, you know, one of the most successful black managers in, in, in British football, full stop. And that's great. And you would never get, an instance of a home fan racially abusing someone. And if you did, they'd be out the door quicker than you could, you know, drop a pin sort of thing. But that's not really what, how you make progress, you know, no. just because there's like a zero racism, a z- sort of zero tolerance policy to racism at Dulwich Hamlet doesn't mean that it's perfect or that it makes it any easier to sort of, you know, make any progress in society and certainly the kind of wider local society that we kind of want to see around the club. Um, so I think this is something we sort of agreed last night that, that this is why, you know, Dulwich Hamlet is kind of like the perfect launch pad to really kind of look at some of these issues and start to have some of these conversations that we haven't really been able to do or have been unwilling to do in the past. Definitely. And I think you talk about, we talk about the supporters as well. Um, and the lack of diversity in terms of the supporters and it's how we, how, how as a football club can we now change that? And it's great that we have the fans that we do. It's brilliant. Every fan is brilliant. Like I said, it's similar to when I was at White Oak in terms of the, 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 the people are for diversity, but it now needs to be reflected, I guess. And how can you attract that diversity to the football club? I think that's a big thing. What are, what are the club doing? What are, what are the, the, the community guys at the club doing to attract that, the diversity? Why, why, should, why should a black man come to a Dulwich football uh, game apart from just because there's black players? You know, what, what is there for? How can he relate to it? How can he feel part of a family there? Is it because it's just a black manager? Or is it because, do you know what? We're, we're welcoming... There's certain initiatives, certain ideas that we have that, that, that will really, you know, make you inclusive and make you feel part of the family. And, and that's, another, that, you know, that's another thing that, that, that should maybe be a part of the agenda at some point. 
Yeah, that's that's brilliant that you said that because I think something that we just even spoke spoke about this morning, Ben and I, was that we want to we want to talk about like serious issues here, but we also kind of want to present something positive. We want to present solutions um, and you know start like if we start to think about what the what we as a club, what we as like local people and supporters can do to try and like you know, move things forward, I think, I think is really helpful and exactly, you know, why, why it's worthwhile that we're doing this. Definitely. Definitely. No, it's good. It's, 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 this is how you get change, isn't it? You know, this is how you get change. You know, it starts from an idea and that idea manifests into something bigger. And I think if we, you know, if we keep growing it and keep talking to people and keep trying to bring about change within the club and, you know, I'll be more than happy to be that ambassador and be the one out there and put my face out there and try and help bring people to, to, to the club um, in terms of that diversity, which, which is what, what we, what we'd like to see. That's great, man. That's great to hear. Really appreciate it. Um, I think just thinking about how we um, structure this and kind of the time length of it, I think we try and keep these chats under 30 minutes, I think. Because mm-hmm. even though I'm aware that we could probably like we could speak to you, we could speak to whoever we speak to next for hours about this. But definitely, I think that um, people's attention spans are, you know, anything past half an hour. I think we might we might struggle really. Um, yeah, I think. Um, the, how do we want to um, like introduce our guests? I feel like we should have like a, a structured. Like introduction for for guests every time we speak to them so it could be like i don't know like name age like the way you were born or something like that and then that can kind of kick us off and introduce and maybe maybe do we have a what's your link to dulwich hamlet or um just something so we can kind of kick off every episode with a bit of structure what do you think like you both of you I don't, i'm not really sure i haven't really thought, thought about it much to be honest um i think uh sort of a, maybe a little bit of a background on the player's playing career yeah, um, just so people get an idea, um, and like you said, where where, where they were born, possibly um, where maybe where they grew up, yeah, and uh, yeah, probably yeah, their association to the club, really, what, what year they played for the club, maybe maybe appearances, perhaps something like that. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, that sounds good. Um, yeah, that sounds cool. And then I also think as well, what, like I, I've said previously is, and I'm more than happy to sort of do this because I'm maybe closer to the players, but um, it's giving the players time to have an idea of what questions are going to be asked. Can maybe give them a list of questions and say, you know, pick your top three or something like that, that you are happy and comfortable to speak about along with maybe a few experiences that you've faced. Because what it does, and I'm going through obviously this right now, is it, it gives you an, a, an opportunity to actually reflect on what has happened. And it yeah. gives you an opportunity to, uh, to have time to how you're going to express what's happened to you as well. Um, it's, if you're on the spot, it's sometimes a little bit difficult. And sometimes it needs to be more, not necessarily scripted, but certainly thought through and planned through. Uh, yeah. And... And also, if you're happy to speak about certain experiences as well, sometimes you 
might forget about the experiences or little details in the experiences which can be have a major effect on how it's perceived so it's nice to to actually have the time to plan it as well for them yeah for sure yeah i totally agree and i think it would be worth us um, Me too, yeah. i think it'll be worth us just having a 10 minute um chat with them before we actually do the yes just to just to take them through how it will work um definitely i think that's probably a good way to do it as well um but yeah, I mean, in that case, should we just um, kick off with trying out how this works now? Yeah, sure. Everyone's ready. Like, um, if we'll, we'll do a little intro on you, Danny, if I can get you to take, I kind of prompt you in your career up to this point, I suppose, to Dulwich. And um, we'll go through a few bits and pieces of what you just mentioned, you know, like where you, where you grew up and whatever. And then... Um, there's three you say there's three kind of experiences that you wanted to mention i've got i mean i've got a lot more but i thought i've got three experiences unfortunately i've got a lot more should i say but i've got three sort of i was trying to think about what what to speak about to be honest and what's really going to kind of maybe have an impact on 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 what we're doing yeah and i i'll speak into my wife about this as well and i've got three three periods, different periods of my life. So I could easily talk about, I've been stopped three times, four times in my car, but I'd rather just say one of those times. Do you know what I mean? So, so for example, I've got, like I said, an early age experience, uh, um, sort of a, like I said, 20 years old and 20, 24 years old, just different periods of my life and uh, different, yeah. completely different experiences, um, which will obviously give yourselves an idea of what's happened and, obviously the people as well out there of what's happened. So, um, so yeah, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, um, yeah, just different experiences <laughs> which has happened. So, um, do you want me to just sort of kick off with them or how do you want to sort of, um, I think, uh, if we can kind of prompt you, I think if maybe we can just say yeah. what, what was the first experience you want to talk about? And then maybe like we could wrap it up and then like kind of move us on to the next and just ask you if there's anything more you want to say on each experience. Does that work? Um, yeah. Yeah. That works. That works. Right. Yeah. Well, I, um, have you got anything else to go through Hugo before we try and record? This um, yeah, I guess once we've kind of talked about the three experiences, is there anything else that we want to talk about maybe in terms of, um, you know, kind of moving, moving on from, from this. Yeah, I get. I guess you should, you should probably have a consistent, like finishing conversation that we do with every uh, recording. Maybe it's you know, um, maybe we ask the guest. In this case, Danny. Maybe we ask. I don't know. I don't know. Like, maybe I, I'll we, tell you. I'll tell you how we finish it. Come on. Solutions solutions so we can identify problems we can identify people's experiences okay so what how yeah. how what what what's what what is the solution how do you feel that we're gonna come come about change um you know i've got different stats as well about you know um, black people are more likely to be stopped by police etc etc these are all good things and all good things that we could talk about and, and give stats about that as well however the biggest thing is solution. How do you bring about change? And one of the things that we obviously spoke about was education, um, you know, action, you know, people are protesting, et cetera, but definitely asking 
the the the, uh, the guest, what is their opinion on how can we? How do you think this is going to change? How are we going to get better? How are we going to? How is how are we going to get police to s- stop um, stopping black people eight times more likely to stop black people? How is that going to change? Eight times more. How is that going to change? And and different things like that. And I think giving giving the guest an opportunity and a bit of time beforehand, they can come up with their. I mean, more time, you're probably going to come up with similar, similar solutions, but there's always going to be some that will have a lot different opinions on, on how change should come. But I think that's the big thing. Yeah. And I, yeah, I don't think that's an issue necessarily if there's some crossover in the answers to that question. It kind of reinforces a point in that case. But yeah, like you say too, I think some people will probably have a quite unique spin on it for themselves because, you know, everyone's different, aren't they? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, no, I, I, really, I really like that, I think. As that, that can be the sort of... If it's in two halves, we begin with the experiences, and then the second half is solutions, solutions. change, action. That's and the biggest thing. Yeah, and I think as well, I, I think if we can consider that question both in the context of Dalit Chamlet, but also kind of more broadly, like, you know, what are you doing outside of your interactions in the, with the club? Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah, as long as we just make the... I totally agree. As long as we just make the solutions um, achievable and realistic, because I think of course, the, of course, you know, a lot of the time people kind of feel like, and this is another thing which is in my head all the time at the moment. They kind of feel like they're a bit helpless because they don't really know where to start. So I think as as long as we make it like as simple as possible, just like having a conversation with a friend or about this or you know reading into that or like so, something that's not too big and it, so we don't finish. Oh yeah, like. Fucking hell, what? Um, so if we just yeah. try and get like micro solutions, I guess, like that people can just do on their own and then they can tell a friend and then they'll tell a friend. And... Yeah, 100%. That's how you do it. Yeah, that's how you do it. All right, cool. Um, that's great, yeah. All right, well, I, I pressed record ages ago, so this is... <laughs> I've already got a, lot, got, <laughs> got a lot of editing to do. Yeah. <laughs> 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 An absolute humdinger from about 25 yards. Get it. Swaggering dandies. An absolute humdinger. Swaggering dandies.